0: Welcome to Brand Agony. I'm Alan Black. Every episode, we use the soothing power of stronger language to solve a problem for a troubled marketing professional. Today, we're talking about training. Or to put it another way, how can you make sure your team has the writing skills they need to excel? To answer this thorniest of questions, I'm joined by as fine a collection of copy conquerors as you'll ever meet. Black Ads, Chris Tapley. Hello. Hello, Chris. Helen Selby.
1: Hello.
0: Hi, Helen. And Sean Ross. Hello! Hello, Shan, Hello all. So, onto this week's letter, which comes from Nancy, in Leeds. Dear Blackad, I head up a marketing team for a national hotel brand. We create most of our own content, but none of the team would really describe themselves as writers. That means progress can be slow and the results patchy. So, I've decided it's time to get some training to develop our writing capability. If I'm being honest, I'm not sure where to start and I'm feeling overwhelmed by the options offered online. What makes for good content training? Yours, tortured by a lack of training, Nancy. So, thanks for your letter, Nancy. We can't blame you for feeling a bit overwhelmed. Some writers will tell you uh, that what we do for a living can't be taught. we will promise you it can be, and you'll be clutching a bunch of D&AD awards uh, before uh, you know it. You'll be glad to hear there is a way forward through this. As always, we'll tackle the situation in three steps. Diagnosis, treatment, and staying healthy. So... As ever, I uh, step over to uh, just uh, clear my throat and pop on the, uh, the black-eyed latex gloves. <coughs> Shan, um, if you've recovered from that sound effect, um, <laughs> let's go into diagnosis first. Um, th- th- this is quite an open-ended one, and you know we would never build a training course on the back of a single letter from a client. Um doesn't work like that. Um, how can we diagnose for nancy this thought of what a good training option would look like
2: um it, so it would start with digging a bit deeper into what she needs because go. writing is much too broad a subject to to tackle and um, it's too big so she'll need to focus in on the specific parts of of the writing process that that they need training on because it's hmm. possible that the team doesn't really know what's available um, and that's part of the feeling overwhelmed um, so start with figuring out the weak points in the work and then maybe have a discussion together about what the team thinks would be most
0: useful. Okay. So you use the word specific, just how specific would you want to get um, with the training? What could some of the options be here?
2: Usually the more specific you can be, the better. Um, You can only properly get into the detail if you stick to a really narrow scope. Um, but that's not to say that you know specific doesn't have to mean niche. You can focus on some fairly top level things like grammar or mm-hmm. brand voice or writing for web, which are all you know quite broad. But um, you know you can get even more specific than that if you want to, like writing for customer service or writing sure. letters. Um, the key thing is that whatever it is, whatever you find as the thing you want to focus on, it needs to be directly relevant to the team's day-to-day task, because that's the only way that they'll be able to engage with it in a way that's actually useful.
0: Absolutely, and I think you're absolutely right as well on this with this idea of narrowing down the scope. Um, trying to do everything, trying to you know cram it all into I don't know a morning, a day, a couple of days, not doable. Much better to focus on the things that are most relevant. Helen, is there anything else that we should be considering here for Nancy?
1: Yeah, I think as well as them sort of highlighting that subject, you know, I think you really need to ground it in their world by asking if there are any specific projects that they've struggled with. So it could be that the annual report is causing headaches and it could be regular blog updates or maybe knowing how to write SEO friendly product pages, something like that. Mm. Um, But I think if you keep the training abstract, it's going to be much harder for them to understand and ultimately care about it. So draw on actual things that they've written as the basis for the course, you know, use that material because some industries have really specific challenges when it comes to content.
0: Mm. So it, it sounds like what we're saying is to an extent, you know, keep it to things that they would recognize as being part of their day to day.
1: Yeah, definitely. So if you're talking to a room of non-writers, so if you start dissecting passages from novels or analysing things on a really technical level, you're going to lose the room really quickly. So it's crucial that you keep it interesting and super relevant to their work.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, it can get a little bit um, theoretical very, very quickly if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, keeping it rooted in their in their world is 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 the right thing to do. Chris, anything yeah. else that we should be, you know, thinking about here in the mix?
3: Yeah, I think as Helen alluded to, you're not really trying to create a team of poets or, or playwrights here. So, you not know, usually, no. those, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, throw away all those kind of lofty sentiments about writing. You should be focused on, on one thing and one thing only, and that's clarity, I would argue. You know, thinking about that end goal is, is important. Bad courses on writing can steer you in completely the wrong direction because they're kind of geared towards making the the coach sound smart rather than actually giving the team something practical that they can use mm. so every single part of the course should use that clarity as its kind of guiding star um as this example or exercise helping teach the team to write in a way that's easy to understand if it's not then there's a high probability that it's is not helpful
0: yeah I, I, and i think that what you're you're kind of talking about with the you know not making the coach sound smart Um, is quite interesting. What we're ultimately trying to do, I would suggest for Nancy, is making her team feel smart and be smart. And that requires the the person running the course to put their ego aside and just think purely about the training needs of the people in front of them. And that that doesn't happen often, um, which is not great. Um, So (laughs) we've got a few different takes here on what Nancy needs to be looking out for. How can we build on those to make sure, you know, she finds a training provider that's actually going to get things uh, here's a horrible business expression. Moving the needle, love it. Um, I was going to sneak that in at some point. So uh, let's have a little look at treatment, which um, involves uh, me just going into the uh, the medicine cabinet here and uh, getting the. Uh, again, it's um, it, it's it. Does it sound like a bottle of pills? Never entirely sure. Shan, uh, you recommended that Nancy ask her team what they want training on. Maybe sounds a little bit dangerous i'm not sure but how can she then take that information and use it to help them develop
2: yeah so yeah when she's run a survey or sent an email or just had a chat to see what the team thinks she should definitely cross-reference that with the business goals and and what she ah, sees as the weak points in the work got it um And it's when she pulls all that together that she'll start to get a clear idea about which areas are the ones to focus on. Um, And when she's got that, she can find a training provider who can deliver a course that, you know, is tailored around those specific challenges. Uh, You know, I'm talking about being specific again. Um, There can be an element of you don't know what you don't know here. Um, So if Nancy's really struggling to pin down what's wrong or what they need to, focus on it's a good idea to have someone who does know what they're talking about to come in and just give them a bit more of an of an objective view
0: yeah and that for me so that's why i was maybe kind of querying a little bit about asking the team what they want because uh, totally relevant and you want to involve the team and of course you want nancy's opinion too but bringing somebody in that can say you know actually do you know what this this team is doing a fantastic job on social or they're, they're smashing it when it comes to um i don't know uh, onboarding emails or something like that but the rest of the writing is 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 not great or there's a couple of members of the team here that are newer that are just not getting it it's having that kind of um that, that, that little bit of distance and also that some of the things that we've done in the past that are quite useful um involve not just looking at the final published piece it's about looking at the content as it goes through the client's process to find out you know where things are kind of sticking and and, and where the problems might be. And that then allows you to kind of focus on the bits that are gonna, again, move the needle, um, <laughs> a, a, you know, a little bit more than you know having a course which covers absolutely everything to do with copywriting in a single day, which kind of isn't possible. If you are trying to if you are trying to get people's skills up and trying to make a meaningful difference to the quality of the work, again, as we mentioned earlier on, narrowing it down and focusing on the the real stuff, the actually what's happening on the page stuff for each one of the writers. That that for me is what it's all about.
2: Yeah. Getting the topic right is Mm. is key. Um, And when you've done that, then, you know, you've got to choose a provider that can give you what you need from that. So definitely avoid cookie cutter training plans. You need something that is for your team specific needs Mm. that serves those up. So, you know, um, you might want to talk about different writing skills across different platforms. um, And that's where broad brush training on writing can come undone because, you know, they give you general tips, but then how do you apply that to social media or in a report? And, you know, there are a lot of subtle, but really important differences between those things. Um, And the other benefit of making it, you know, more specific is because it engages your team's mind better and it gets them excited about writing. Mm. Um, And any content trainer worth their salt will know the importance of, you know, engaging the room and honing in on what they find most challenging um, and should be asking you up front what your team's challenges are so that they can tailor their training material around them.
0: Yeah, I, I think so. So uh, I completely agree that idea of, you know, having a general course, which just says uh, now go off and apply it, 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 that doesn't really work. You've got to break it down and show how the different techniques that we that the trainer is bringing to the room how those techniques actually play out and then letting people have a go at them and see what works. And really that's, that goes back to my thought about, you know, the team feeling smarter, you know, they should certainly feel smarter than the trainer at the end of the day. It's almost like the trainer should feel like they've done very little, you know, and that it should be the team that's bringing most of the, most of the, uh, the session to life actually, because they are writing things that are, that are the kind of way forward for the brand. Um, How would you, if you were kind of, uh, you know, trying to score a trainer i suppose how would you how would you look at the the trainer's behavior and think about how they would address those those particular needs what would be on your kind of uh, checklist Shan? um
2: number one how practical they get um so a good trainer will you know bring exercises that show how it's done rather than just you know standing up there and teaching some theory um so it might be that they rewrite something live in front of the of the team, and then give them the chance to do the same with another piece, so they get to have mm. a shot at it. And um, maybe it's something like getting them to pick out the words that are, you know, not pulling their weight in a piece of um, in a piece of content, and then getting them to brainstorm some better alternatives that would lift the piece. So I guess the key is, um, you know, avoid death by PowerPoint. Don't. You know, a good training session isn't just being talked at all day and um, people need to be involved.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and Helen, this sounds like what Shan's saying speaks entirely to your point about bringing the client's own examples in. and maybe not just the client's examples, but specific examples from each of the team members as well.
1: Yeah, totally. And I think that really does come down to getting the right training provider. So like we've all been saying, really, what you don't want is someone who's just going to churn out a rehearsed script, like a session they've delivered a million different times with standard examples in. You know, you want someone who can bring the lessons into your world. So they should definitely take examples of the team's work and build the session around those. Um, and that's going to help people sort of relate to to what they're being told um, much more easily. and. The trainer might not offer to do this, but I would definitely recommend that Nancy pushes for it.
0: Yeah, um, it feels to me that that's much more than about. It's not just training; it's actually a fair bit of consultancy, a fair bit mm-hmm. of you know thought that's put into building the thing to solve a business problem, rather than yeah. simply right. Which one of our courses would you like? Course five, excellent. We'll see you next Wednesday. That's mm-hmm. far different from. You know, talking to the, the client and the team about the problems and identifying the areas for improvement and then coming up with a plan to, to address them. Um, mm-hmm. th- the only thing about that, that that might make some people feel a little bit um, trepidatious would be uh, the idea of the team sitting there having their work gunned down by a, you know, a gung ho <laughs> kind of, you know, a keyboard between the teeth kind of trainer person. Um, and that that might feel like it would damage people's confidence, and also I'm thinking of this kind of create this like kind of Rambo-like character, you know, the vest top, the blood coming <laughs> from their wound. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it can feel quite aggressive and feel quite unhelpful. But what, what What are your thoughts on using those real examples? And is that do we have? To, is it is it something that people are going to get a little bit riled about? How do we deal with it? Yeah,
1: I think you know the training needs to be sensitive to the fact that someone in the team who's probably also in the session was the author of this work that they might be looking at. And, you know, they can't come in tearing it to shreds, but they can give examples of how things could practically be improved. Something that's really going to give the team something to work with. So just think about, as as a trainer, you know, they should be thinking about why they're doing this. They're not going there to criticize. They're going in there to really help the the team get better at what they do. So it's about bearing that in mind. And Mm. suddenly then... The team aren't looking at some unattainable goal, but a slight improvement of something that they've already created. So you're giving them techniques to achieve something, you know, that should actually help them build their confidence. It's all about keeping it realistic, I think.
0: Yeah, and I think about finding perspective as well, as long as the trainer is able to uh, explain why we use real examples and why we don't just bring something in from a competitor, say, uh, Mm. or make things up. As long as you explain it and you have some fun with it and everyone feels like they're having fun as well, I think that that takes away from the sense of, oh God, um, that's Alan's copy again and we're going to have to take it apart Mm -hmm. because it's so awful that would never happen yeah. and you would you would want to tune that out but actually it can become something that's quite fun i've been in sessions like that where you you start to see people's little verbal ticks, and you can have fun with it mm. and not in a yeah, nasty way because out. we've all got our own little verbal ticks. i've certainly got mine as well when i'm writing um and it's mm-hmm. it's good to talk about that stuff and just bring it out into the open in a kind a of nice collaborative environment uh mm-hmm. Chris, over, I wanted to ask what you thought about this. Would, would you agree with this kind of this this idea of what we're what we're doing here in terms of bringing in sort of I, I suppose realism into the course and uh, a, any other sort of ideas on on how we can add to that realism during a training session?
3: Yeah, I think the realism is very important, and uh, really that comes down to giving them something practical that they can actually use. I think we often find that in teams like Nancy's where. People are not writers, but but they are markers. They they probably know that something's not quite right with a piece of content, but they, they maybe can't quite put their finger on it. They lack that instinct and how to to fix it. Okay. But often it's easier than they might expect to just give it that little boost. So I reckon a good course will always give you ways to do that, and that mm. I mean probably takes the form of some sort of checklist considerations that you can take away. So you know, here's a list of a simple way to check if if this piece of content is written Mm. in the active voice, easy way to check that your sentence is a clear subject, maybe some rules of thumb to follow on things like sentence length. Sure. I mean, there's always an exception to every rule, but by giving them something to actually measure, that's a solid practical takeaway. And it means that six months down the line, they don't have to remember every detail of this training course because they've got this prompt to to trigger the things that they've learned and put them into
0: practice each day. Yeah, and there it is, you know, being able to put it into practice each day, you'll put into practice what you can remember and what worked for you and, you know, you made the example of active voice. I think that's a great example actually because the concept of active voice and passive voice is something that a lot of cooperating trainers would want to address in a course and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, it's one of the real basics and it's kind of almost like when I see it in a course, I kind of go, "Oh, really, you know, how, how is that actually helping the client here? Using these this kind of quite dense technical language, you, you need to find a way of bringing that to life for people and helping them remember it. and And that, to me, is really the the the, 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 the trainer's role here. is 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 kind of building that into the brand voice. If you're also training on brand, which you probably guess you would be a, at least a little bit with most clients, it's about making that relevant to them and them saying, "Ah, right, yeah, now I can spot where the where the voice has gone a bit off." And I know Mm -hmm. how to bring it back in. I know the rule, and it's it's not about remembering everything from the session. That's impossible. Um, It's about remembering the key things. And when you go back to the session or get some refresher course or or whatever, if that's appropriate, then you know it. it, Then it can all snap into place over time. You're not expecting everyone to do everything. You know, as they as they step out the course and step into the next bit of writing. Um, So, um, for for me, um, I suppose the big question is how do we you know stay healthy and shan you were up last time um on the uh the harp of wonder um if you don't mind i am going to ask you and I, i'm not picking on you but i'm just wondering would you mind stepping up just just once more because i think all of us were i would say moved by your performance <laughs> Well, i have been yeah. practicing right. yeah okay you ready yeah i'll do it again right. ready okay <laughs>
2: Oh, not as good this time. I
0: don't think. Really? See, I think you kind of. Uh, I think there was a little bit of kind of just busking it there, just towards really? the end, and for me that just added just an extra little bit of ennui to the to the piece. Oh, I see. Yeah, well, that was my take <laughs> on it. I mean, you know, each you know we all have our own interpretation. I'm sure. Um, so, get back to Nancy, who doesn't really care about <laughs> harp music. Um, she's got this training provider in. Uh, they've had a great session. The team are, you know, like. Uh, high-fiving each other and just you know hugging each other with joy at finally you know getting a little bit of clarity on this stuff and they're feeling a little bit more confident um what next um is just back to business as usual and but everyone's better what what happens next
2: uh yeah if only it was that simple um no training isn't a one-off thing so you definitely need to keep topping it up um if the first session with your training provider has gone really well, you know, book a follow-up. You can either use that to make sure that the key points have stuck or to push the team's knowledge on even further. Cause you can dig deeper into the topic or extend it out to, you know, slightly wider topics. Um, and, and, don't even think that it's just about formal sessions either you know there are things you can do in between those sessions as well as those sessions um like regular clinics copy clinics mm. um that you can use to just keep the things that the team learned in the training at the front of their minds um maybe appoint a content champion in the team who takes responsibility for you know making sure that new higher standard that they've got to doesn't slip um and can also be there to provide extra support on some of the tougher Projects, you know, to be the voice of, you know, the skills that they learnt. So um, anything at all, really, that you can think of to build that network of support that the team needs and can tap in onto a daily basis to keep that level
0: mm. up. Yeah, uh, this is something we touched on a little bit. We we uh, we ran a webinar uh, quite recently, and in, in the webinar where we're talking about bringing brand voice into customer service, and although it's maybe a little bit different from Nancy's particular issue here. One of the things we talked about there was, you know, training the customer service, the customer experience, the customer support, whatever you want to call them, team and that whole idea of uh you know building a kind of a a calendar of reinforcement um and you know focusing on different things to build the skills up into the whole that is really really important so if anyone's wanting to check that out check out our brand voice and customer service webinar um um, and if you know you've finished that and you still want more helen what would you what would you suggest these folk (laughs) do to get a little bit more what should nancy be doing
1: so, yeah, I, I totally agree with Sharon. I think it's, you know, you need to keep revisiting the training when needed, um, but also keep communicating with the team and make sure they're speaking up if there is anything that they're struggling with or if there's something they'd like to learn more about.
0: Mm.
1: And, and I think as well, if you want to take things to the next level and it feels relevant, you could also carry out some performance comparisons on your content. Mm. So has traffic gone up on any pages that might have been updated since your team had the training? Has your social media following increased? If you look, you know, if you're looking at like social copy and if not, try to get to the bottom of why that might highlight the sorts of areas that you need to learn a little bit more about.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that's a really interesting point. I mean, it could be, you could measure lots of things. You could even mention you know, we could measure sentiment, for example, we could measure even mm-hmm. things like draft, how many drafts does it take to get to you know something we publish? Um, that, that could be something mm-hmm. else we look at. Um, there are lots of different ways of doing it. We don't need to overcomplicate it. Maybe just pick a couple of things. Um, but this really goes yeah. back, I think, Helen, to, to Nancy's you know, overall goal. She wants to support the team, but ultimately she wants to improve the hotel's commercial performance, we would have guessed, through mm-hmm. content. Um, Chris, is there anything else that, that Nancy should be uh, keeping in mind here?
3: No, uh, I mean, I think it's
0: just a case of making sure that you support them to keep standards
3: up. Um, make sure that they're continuing to use those practical little takeaways that they've mm. got from the session. And, um, you know, of course, make sure that if there's any new members joining the team, that you get them up to speed with these new skills and approaches that the team are using on the back of that.
0: Yeah, so, hey, you know, you might want to ask your provider, your training provider, if they'd be happy with the session being recorded, for example, videoed or, or on yeah. or audio mm. of it, that that kind of thing. And, and I think the other thing that, that's really important as well is, is giving the team access a wee bit like maybe, I don't know, like a personal trainer at the gym saying, look, I've given you these exercises, but you know what? Go check out this podcast or this book or, you know, th- this particular person who's a real expert that you know, go and follow them on YouTube as well. A good trainer shouldn't be afraid of other experts coming in as long as they're not conflicting with the advice, you know. I suppose uh, there is a sense of, you know, if it's brand stuff you maybe just want to keep it to you know one team but if it's broader than that and you're trying to skill people up then maybe books and you know other resources that people can tap into so being able to get that kind of support from your your training provider as well sounds to me like it's probably not a bad way of keeping people going uh, you know fairly easily especially those new folk that come in um that sounds to me like a, a really good you know intro to what good copywriting good content writing training would look like and uh i think the key thing for me that i've taken away is that we all agree that it's got to be tailored it's got to use your material and that's really the only way that you can build the confidence into the team to help them develop over time so nancy um over to you to get that training journey kick-started and roaring off thanks for listening we'll be back soon using stronger language to cure another listener's brand agony for more on brand language Messaging, content training, and tone of voice as a